In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. If, like me, you're getting on a bit, you will remember a singer called Harry Seacombe, who made famous a song which began, If I ruled the world, every day would be the first day of spring. Famously, our Prime Minister Boris Johnson, when a child, also dreamed of ruling the world. And I wonder what your dreams about that might be. If you were to rule the world, what kind of ruler would you be? One of the most admired and respected rulers of the ancient world was called Marcus Aurelius. He was born in 121 AD. He was adopted by another respected and peaceful Roman emperor. He ruled for 19 years and died in the year 180. He was a follower of the Stoic school of philosophy. He was a serious and moderate man. He disliked the pleasure and the pomp of the imperial court. He did not indulge in sensual pleasures or unnecessary violence. And Marcus Aurelius wrote notes to himself, reflections, ideas, quotations, lessons in life, which have come down to us as his book of meditations. Although he persecuted Christians because they were atheists, non-believers in the Roman gods, he was trying to live in a good and generous way and his reflections on moderation in life and acceptance of death have inspired many down the ages. As a ruler, all rather different from what we see of so much political leadership in our world today. Oh, there are still some political leaders who learn from philosophy and faith who live moderate and restrained lives, who care more for the people they serve than for their own ego. And I personally know some members of our parliament who are like that. But they don't make the headlines. Unlike the egoists and the narcissists and the extremists, the presidents and prime ministers and dictators and populists who can't let go of being in control, some of whom pursue wealth and power in ways that corrupt themselves and their countries and lead to cycles of violence, destruction, and revenge, too much of which we've seen in the events and headlines of the last two weeks, let alone the last decade or two. Marcus Aurelius tried to be a good emperor, but what he didn't realize that on, was that on his watch, there was a quiet revolution taking place. He persecuted Christians because they undermined the power of the state by proclaiming that Jesus, not the emperor, was their Lord. Christians prayed for were loyal to the emperor and the government in all things lawful. But Christians would not worship the empire or the emperor as a god. 
because they, because we, believe in one God who alone deserves our worship. We believe that political power is to be used to serve the weak and the poor in society, not for the benefit of the wealthy and the powerful. Jesus as Lord, God's King, God's Messiah, the Christ, brings a very subversive view of what it means to rule the world. It's particularly clear in the Gospel that we've just had from Matthew chapter 3. Just before the reading that was read to us, John the Baptist is bigging up the Messiah who is coming after him. John is expecting a big, impressive, spectacular leader full of the awful power of God. Unlike me, says John, he will baptize not with water, but with the Holy Spirit and fire. And he's going to sort out the world and destroy those who are evil with unquenchable fire. Get ready, he's coming. And then, Jesus humbly presents himself in front of John the Baptist as just another one in the queue of people who are seeking God through baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And John is horrified. You should be baptizing me, he says to Jesus. Imagine holding a coronation service for a new king of the United Kingdom. All the great and good are there in their pomp and finery, lots of military figures lining the road with gold braid and uniforms. The doors of Westminster Abbey are flung open as the new king arrives, and there he is on TV screens around the world wearing workman's overalls, riding up on a bicycle. A sign of representing all the people of the country coming for service, not for power, upsetting the expectations of everyone. So, Jesus comes to baptism by John not because he needs to be forgiven, but because he identifies with all those who want to come to God in penitence and faith and love. And it's because Jesus so identifies with us that when God fills him with the Holy Spirit and calls him his beloved son, Jesus can share God's spirit and power and love with us as his sisters and his brothers. God's fire in Jesus is the fire of love for all who will receive it, not the hell fire of judgment for the wicked, which John was expecting. Compare the rule of Jesus with the rulers of history and today. Did Jesus come with power to fight against his enemies? Did Jesus set up covert operations in different places to, op 
to undermine Roman power and win freedom for Judea? Did Jesus take up the sword and fight? Did Jesus assassinate his enemies or undertake acts of terror? Did he raise money to build up large armies or militias and threaten others with bombs and missiles? When he was killed by the Roman state, did his followers declare war or threaten insurrection? Violence is easy and deeply destructive. And the normalization of violence in civil and international life, from knife crime to state terror, is far more costly in its effects on human well-being than the cost of any amount of active care for others in need and for giving justice to the poor. The Christian view of war and violence subverts the power of states and their proxy partners because being a follower of Jesus Christ means not pursuing violence and power, but seeking a good life together with peace based on justice and compassion. The Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius worked hard to be good, but also spent a lot of time fighting his enemies. And one of the things he wrote in his meditations has profound resonance with the way that Jesus sets out an alternative way of power. Aurelius said, the best way of revenge is not to become like that. In other words, if you take revenge, you drag yourself down to the level of the person who has wronged and damaged you because you're acting just like they do. Far better to be different from them and not to act like that. As 176 deaths in a plane downed in Tehran have shown. The best way of revenge is not to become like those who have hurt you. That's not so far from the kingdom of God, where Jesus tells us to love those who hate us and to do good to those who persecute us. However high or low we may be in the world, each of us has some power, power to make the lives of those around us better or worse kinder or nastier. However high or low we may be in the world, each and any of us can follow Jesus and be baptized in water as he was and receive the Holy Spirit as he did and be part of God's rule, God's kingdom. And however high or low we may be in the world, we should beware the words of Peter in our reading this morning from the book of Acts, that Jesus is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. For we will not be judged by how powerful 
or rich or honourable we are, by how strong and successful we have been. But whether we do what is good and bring peace to others in the name of Jesus Christ. 